0: Hello and welcome back to the Meaningful Success Podcast. Uh, my name is Wade, and here is my co-host, the one and only Saya, the man wearing pants and a tank top and uh, socks. Saya. <laughs> so, Saya, let me go ahead and start with my win for the week. Um, okay. And my win for the week was actually enabled because the weather has stopped being stormy all the time. So I'm been able to resume my outdoor exercise routines. Okay. And that for me is a win. Going on on runs and walks and Yeah, because you know, it's just not the same walking in place. In fact, it looks stupid too sometimes.
1: Well, I wouldn't say stupid. Definitely silly. Thank but you. But I wouldn't say stupid. <laughs> Thank you. You heard it there.
0: I look silly when I walk in
1: place. <laughs> yeah. uh well, my win for this week is kind of tied in with uh, the topic of today's episode.
0: Is that allowed?
1: No, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. What I wanted to talk about this week is something that I've been really processing for a little while after learning it in my one of my writing groups. Okay. And it's basically just the idea that I am not the person that I want to be, but I'm learning how to become that person. So what huh. that what that means is uh, and the reason this is this is the win will make sense in a moment, but basically my ultimate goal at this time is I want to be, you know, successful published author that releases like several books a year. That's the yeah. That's the big goal, right? Right. What I was doing for a while was I was holding myself to a standard that said, look at somebody. Uh, I talk about Brandon Sanderson a lot because he's, mm-hmm. but he's somebody like that. He's a, he's a very successful author that's that releases several books a year. And looking at him and looking at, okay, well, what does he do? What are his writing habits? What are, you know, how does, how long a day does he spend? And how many days a week does he spend in order to hit that kind of output? Right. The mistake I've been making was comparing not the level of success and all that, because that's obvious, right? But the habits and the discipline and the practices that I have now to those that he has or other authors
0: like him. Assuming that you need to do exactly what they do?
1: Well, think of it this way right? I am not currently, you know, a successful published author that releases several books a year. What that means is that I have not had the experience of learning and growing to become that person at that
0: level. So you're expecting yourself to be operating on a level that you have not yet attained.
1: Exactly. So for example, for you, let's say that you set a goal of I'm going to run a marathon. Yeah. You look at where you currently are and you're like, okay, I'm walking, you know, 10,000 steps a day or whatever it is. Right. And comparing that to someone who does run multiple marathons a year. And and, so they're
0: running eight miles several times a week and all that kind of stuff. And comparing yourself, not just to their level
1: of success, but comparing yourself to their practices, their disciplines. Mm. Um and the the reality is that person got where they are, who's running marathons, or that author like Brandon Sanderson got where he is over the course of many years, yes. And that regimen that, for example, Brandon Sanderson does of you know writing X number of hours a week and X number of words and whatever, he got there over the course of you know fifteen years.
0: Correct. He didn't write
1: that level 15 years ago.
0: And quite frankly, he's probably not in the same position that you're in. Right now, you t- you take on clients that you're doing various kinds of project work where you're not writing. You're working on client projects. Right. Whereas I imagine he can dedicate most or all of his professional endeavors. Well, considering that he is that that's what he does full time. Like he is right. a
1: writer, right? So that's the first piece is it's a mistake to compare not just my success or whatever, but my efforts, my ability to Dedicate a certain amount of time and energy. And again, it's like someone who runs marathons and therefore has a really big training regimen for running marathons, like someone who is setting that as a goal right now, you don't have that training regimen because Mm -hmm. you haven't built your body up to that level. True. And that takes years. And the same thing with writing, the same thing with all these other pursuits. The second part of it is thinking of, okay, do I think I could become that person 15 years from now? Fast forward to 45 year old Saya. Like, is 45 year old Saya there? I think that's quite possible. Yeah. That is 15 years of learning and growing and changing and developing and discipline and practice. And I haven't done that yet, right? Cause I'm here.
0: I'm here 15 years before that. So, True.
1: so the, the, the phrase is,
0: and you don't have a, a time machine DeLorean. Yeah.
1: So the phrase is I'm learning to become a successful published author that releases multiple books a year. I am developing into that person and therefore it is okay that I am not that person right now. When I am hard on myself because I'm like, man, I you know, I barely did like 200 words today or whatever it may be, like having a really slow day of of working on writing. When I have one of those days or one of those weeks or whatever, and, I, and I'm really hard on myself, it's because usually I'm comparing that to the level I think I'm supposed to be. That's as foolish as going, all right, well, the most I can do is run maybe, you know, maybe a quarter mile right now. Mm-hmm. Comparing that to well, I should be running eight miles every day or 10 miles every day because that's what, you know, marathon runners do, Mm -hmm. right? So that's why it's kind of my win is because it's – this is something that not just this week but for a few weeks now has been something I've really been processing and it's helped me a lot reframing things from – this is what it takes to do it and therefore I got to do that too. Well, okay, that may be true, but, but you don't get there all at once. You don't, you don't, not even the practices and the disciplines, you know, we think of that in terms of success. Like, of course, like, you know, you're not going to be as successful as, you know, some established person who's had 15 years and whatever. But, but I think the subtler part of that is, is, that also applies to the disciplines and practices that go into being that person and to do- yes. doing those things.
0: The interesting thing is, and I don't know why this comes to mind when you're talking about it, you, you threw out running as an example. I was watching a YouTube channel the other day, and this was more about you know personal health and fitness and diet and et cetera, et cetera. The, the premise of the video was about... Um, the impact of running versus the impact of walking in weight loss. Mm. And this individual went through the science behind it. Basically, there's a couple of ways that your body produces energy. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of those ways is when your body is like in a state where you are heavily exerting, you know, as he put it, huffing and puffing doing the running, your body shifts from one mechanism of energy production to another one. Mm. And the interesting thing about that was you will actually lose more weight walking than you will running because the source of energy where your body seeks the energy to burn calories It comes from a different source when you are exerting heavily versus when you're walking. Yeah. I've had in my mind that if I really want to lose weight, if I really want to do uh, that type of thing, running is more favorable than walking. And I discovered this week that scientifically I was completely wrong. Mm. And so I could have been exerting myself at a harder extent to achieve a goal and not only wear myself out and and risk injury, but I actually am working counterproductively. And when you talked about what you did, I kind of get the same picture. You know, you could literally in an effort to match someone else or to match some expectation, you could burn yourself out and actually not produce as good of a quality product or or quite frankly even as much I guess as that tortoise or hair thing yeah so how are you going to take this and apply it in your daily life? part
1: of that is redefining what the goal is when I was thinking of things in terms of matching those those metrics right the goal was to meet those metrics. Okay. So, so the goal was I want to get to the place and I've been there. I've been there before a couple of years ago. I was at a place where I was doing like two or 3000 words a day. I've just not had that in me in a long, long time. I'll have a day here and there where maybe I'll hit 2000 words. Right. But I just don't seem to have that same capacity that I used to. And that has been a real source of insecurity for a
0: while. From a practical standpoint, 2000 words, break that into, is that like four hours work, eight hours work? I mean, what what are you talking? Uh,
1: I think at my peak, I was doing like 3,000 words in about five hours. Okay. Like I was talking to my writing coach in in, in the group that this came up in, and she was like, well, okay, because at the time I was talking about uh, my goal for by hitting by the end of June, I was trying to hit a certain word count. Yeah. And she was like, well, what does that accomplish? What does it accomplish to hit that word count at the end of June? Mm. And I'm like, well, that's what I'm estimating. Uh, you know, it is to finish the, the first draft of this book. And she said, well, then, then it sounds like your goal is not to hit this many words. The goal is to finish the first draft of the book. So what mm. if you just switch the goal? And huh. instead of thinking it as, okay, well, I got to hit this many words, just think of it as, okay, I'm trying to finish the first draft of this book by the end of June. Yes, which is kind of the same thing. But what that does is removing the the specific word count aspect of that. It allows me to work on what needs to get done each day instead of agonizing about it being too little.
0: Well, it sounds like it would help you put your focus on the plot, the story, and kind of working out those kinks in your mind rather than putting your mind and energy towards how many words can I... In other words, it becomes more thematic than operational. That's the trick
1: point, is that the having that word count and stuff, that was how I knew I was really making progress, right? Uh, in my mind. That was, that was how I knew I was on the right track, was not, not because writing more words means something better is being written, but because it was a measurable thing... That I could, you know, check boxes or fill progress bars. Yes, and know I'm getting this much closer, and I'm on track, and I'm going to be on time, and I'm going to, you know. So removing that is a little intimidating in a way, but also it's very freeing because both of what you said, and also because I one day, you know, maybe fifteen years from now, Saya, like, will be at that level of of there is a discipline where it's this many words because he because because I've got it figured out.
0: Correct. By that point, but I'm not there right now. Mm. This is one of those juxtapositions because there's sometimes that I can, I think that breaking things down makes them more approachable and achievable. Yeah. And in this particular case, it's kind of actually the opposite. Yeah. When I work with people to help them improve their business development and sales, because that's professionally something that I've I've had a huge focus on, one of the things that I find, particularly for people who've not been involved with business development, is you put a sales goal on them, and they get so intimidated by this dollar goal, this number that they think they're, they're needing to achieve, that all the minor steps to get there get lost in the equation. So, it, yeah. you know, and, and it, for them... Sometimes it's much easier to say, listen, I don't want you to worry about a sale. I don't want you to even worry about finding an opportunity. I don't even want you to worry about how you're going to develop this relationship. Step one, all I want you to do is, is there someone there you want to meet for the first time? Right. And then once you met them, now let's talk about what your next objective is. And so there are those progressive steps. But it is, it's a quandary because there's times that that, that's useful, but there's times that that that's actually counterproductive because you get focused more on the mechanical.
1: Yeah, and, and there are times, there are times for the mechanical and for the, mm-hmm. you know, this, for example, again, using the the running a, a, a marathon metaphor, like if you're going to run a marathon, a marathon is defined by distance. So you have to get to a point where you're running that distance in order to run a marathon. Right. And that, that is yes. just, that is a number you have to grow to, but that is a state of, training and conditioning, etc., that you get to over time, and it is still foolish to compare your current regimen, your current fitness, your current whatever, to the version of yourself or to the other person who is able to run that marathon.
0: Well, and the interesting thing about a marathon, um, and I'm not, I've, I've never really seriously looked at doing that myself. I mean, I, I I do kind of moderate distances, three to five miles. That That's my kind of thing right now. But I've talked to some people who've been mar- did marathons. And if I'm remembering correctly, and I'm sure that those who do marathons on here will say, no, nah, that's not right. But what I remember the conversation was, is that they actually don't, it's not like they go out there and they build up, okay, now I'm doing five miles, now I'm doing 10, now I'm doing 15. No, they actually kind of get to this working level, like an eight mile run or something like that on a regular basis, or maybe a 10 or 12 or something like that. They don't go out there and run 15 miles and 18 miles and 21.6 miles or whatever, or 26.2, whatever it is. They're getting to a certain level of milestone that they can then jump off of when it comes time for the for an actual marathon. And do it because a marathon itself is very demanding on the body. So they're not going to, even in training, they're not going to go out there and run a marathon typically, I don't think, yeah. to train for a marathon because that, that's going to wear them down. But they get to a certain level. And yet sometimes I think maybe we put ourselves in the expectation that we're, you know, if we're thinking we're going to run a marathon, oh, well, I got to get up to that 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, you know, right, and, and basis. And, and, I mean, again, somebody who's run marathons, feel free to call in and tell us uh, how it actually works, but that's at least what I understand. Yeah. So this is interesting. Um, when you think about how that applies to other aspects of your life outside of riding, is there an implication there as well?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, marathons, that's already kind of in the realm of fitness, but. That's another area I've thought about this a lot is, you know, at the beginning of the year, I set a goal of working out 200 times within 2023. Really, the goal is to become a person who, you know, works out pretty much every day. Like that's in some way in some way. Right. And like has like an actual routine of going to the gym or whatever it may be like, you know, four or five days a week. Yeah, that's that's the that's the ultimate goal. Right. But I am not there. Not at all right now. Reframing. And going, okay, I am learning to become a person who works out every day. I'm learning to become a person who is a successful published author that releases three books a year, right? Like framing it that way, it isn't a, like a get out of jail free, like sure letting yourself off the hook. What it does is it's more like, okay, you know, I, it's okay that, that, that I'm not, at that level yet, I'm learning to become that person. What would a person who works out every day do today? Mm. And can I do that today? Right. And if I can't, well, that's okay because I'm not that person yet. I'm learning to become them. Mm-hmm. But if I can, then well, I'm learning to become that person. So I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a kind of a subtle thing a little bit, but it's, it's been really, really
0: helpful. That's helpful. That's good. That's good. So so uh, with that, uh, as we kind of think about uh, this past week, what was Saya's weekly favorite? Oh, it's the weekly favorite.
1: Sometimes the favorite is harder to figure out than the win. True. Because I think you I think there's like this pressure of like, oh well I watched a I watched a movie, but I always talk about a movie, like yeah. wanting it to be something novel or whatever. And maybe that's something to let go of and not worry about as much. But one thing I will say is has been uh, a favorite thing right now is I I think I've mentioned this before, but taking Emma on a lot more walks, it's just been nice. It's been really nice to do and it feels good to, you know, be getting that exercise in myself and I'm, you know, I'm counting it as exercise. It is. Because it is, right? And I'm usually taking her on, you know, somewhere between you know, a mile or two miles usually. Mm -hmm. It's good for her. It's good for me. And I can tell that our bond is growing just a little bit Mm. as a consequence of it. And that's been really cool.
0: Yes. Yesterday I went for a run and I came back and I was going to, after I did my, actually it was a walk. uh, After I did a walk, I kind of went about two and a half miles or something. And I was going to do burpees and then I was going to do sit-ups and then I was going to do stretching. And I I did all three, but Emma was definitely wanting to be a part of it. So when I went down for the burpee, she every time I went down her face was right I mean basically my face was meeting her face (laughs) and then she's like what are you doing and then when I did sit up she went behind me and every time I went down she was licking my my top of my head (laughs) and then when I tried to stretch she wanted me to pet every time I went down type of thing. So it oh, was, that's
1: really cute. Yeah.
0: So, well, that's what she's whenever, whenever, uh, like I'll get
1: down on the floor and, and, and pet her and play with her and stuff. And so whenever she sees somebody on the floor, that's just what they're doing. That's obviously what they're, they're just, yeah, that's, you're on the floor to play with me. That's why you're there.
0: That's right. It. Or to pet me. That's it. My favorite this week was, um, I'm very grateful. I actually had a very unexpected gift, uh, from someone. Uh, they just kind of, a, out of appreciation. They sent me some, uh, gift certificates for a music store and completely out of the blue was not expecting it but uh i'm always on the on the lookout for things to add to my musical uh <laughs> gear and stuff and so i i thought that was that was nice it was just a kind of unexpected surprise well, what are you gonna get haven't decided yet yeah. Well, thank you for
1: listening, everybody. Yeah. I would just encourage you to think about, you know, if you've got those goals that you've, you're setting for yourself. And if you're maybe you're in the same boat that I, I have often been of comparing yourself in your practices, your disciplines, your capacity to somebody else, try reframing it. Try reframing it as, OK, I'm, I'm learning to become a person who does whatever it is you want to do and just see if that helps you. I know it's helped me a lot. Wisdom from Saya. The the rarest and most valuable of wisdoms. Until next week, everybody. <laughs> Tell a friend. Have a great week. This sky, the Meaningful Success Podcast is myself, Saya, and my father, Wade Clark. Intro and outro music is Brings Back the Feeling by Daniel Gunnerson, licensed through Epidemic Sound. If you want to leave us a digital voicemail to be discussed on a future episode of the podcast, or perhaps featured as a question, you can do so at speakpipe.com MSP. And if you want to support the show financially and help us, especially as we're going to be moving toward a video podcast in the next month or so, you can do so at patreon.com slash meaningfulsuccesspodcast. And just as an update, we're hoping to get to that video podcast version uh probably beginning of july end of june somewhere around there so be looking forward to that until next time um uh yes that's it (laughs) all right (laughs) that's all you get
0: (laughs) see ya